<laughs> Super hot mic. That's a hot mic you got there. All right. Yeah. Maverick Channel's podcast is back after a little spell involving guess what? Sickness edition stuff. Germs. That's right. The GD germs. Again. Again. And it's again. Like, and again. I think people are tuning in, all four of them, just to see like when they're not sick. Ooh, people should take a pool on that. I know, right? Yeah. I'm Moose. I'm Jody. I'm the husband. I'm the wife. We do a podcast where we talk TV shows and movies. We got a couple shows and a movie this week. And they all start with B. It's the Triple B edition. <laughs> Let's begin with Beef. Yeah. On Netflix. Steven Yun's in there. Ali Wong is in there. Um, the premise of the show is this guy who's like a struggling handyman trying to launch his get his business going contractor carpentry business yeah. yeah his parents lost a motel that they once owned and they're back in korea he's trying to bring them back mm -hmm. bring the fam back together and so one day he's uh pulling out of a uh it's a fictionalized version of like home depot and he <clears throat> almost bashes into this woman who's driving a mercedes nice vehicle he's driving a kind of a piece of shit old toyota tacoma and road rage happens. He's chasing Definite. after her. She's kind of flipping him off big time. And yeah, which and how many times do you see that play out in real life? Not a lot. What you don't? No, I have. No, I mean I look I, driving like, Mabel to and from the school. Yeah, I don't see much of that at all. Oh my goodness! Some guy, and I told you this. Yeah, like pulled out in front of me. Like yep. he's coming from my left hand side, some side road onto a main road. Pulled out in front of me. And I just gave him like the honk, honk, like, dude. Yeah, I'm here. Hello. And he, he did the thing with his hands and he just looked at me, but it was very vague. It was very, he was doing like this world's smallest violin playing thing. <laughs> but to this day, I don't know if he was just happened to like kind of maybe snapping his fingers to whatever music he was listening to. I don't like know. I didn't affect him at all. Or if he was genuinely giving me the, hey, come on, here's your violin crybaby. Who knows? I have seen this road rage play out in real life at least a handful of times at least like not involving me but i've seen others do it to each other but the road rage like, and beef was pretty epic it was like yeah i mean cutting over well, landscaped I mean, corners of a road to catch up I, and i don't threatening to plow into them with the well, vehicle sure but like we're not following them all the way to completion here like i don't know how far this stuff goes like mm the uh, stuff that i've witnessed i'm oh, not okay, sticking yeah. around to find out like i'm usually getting as far away as possible from that <laughs> yeah i think we've all seen that that bit of road rage yeah it's like scary that. this day and age like, oh yeah you don't know what somebody's gonna do no i remember i saw a video of a guy not to get off topic but you know it, it was his dash cam yeah and somebody was agitating him he kept looking in the mirror and then he's kind of slowly pulling out of his center console a gun oh man the person who's agitating you can see his eyes are coming slowly slowly to the side of his vehicle he just starts pop 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 through his window oh man yeah it's you gotta you gotta get thicker skin out there Ooh. on the roads but anyway beef yeah. this yeah. road rage incident happens and um it kind of affects both of our characters lives um they can't let it go we'll just say that they can't just have that have it be a bad day and move on yeah. like each character just kind of can't let this go but is it that they can't let it go or that 
that incident affected their lives separately. And now they have to, I don't want to say change things in their lives. I think they both have some bad circumstances happening in their life. And I think they're just like kind of channeling all of their rage and anger and frustrations with life in, into this incident, you know, and, and, and kind of the escalation of this incident. That's, that's my thoughts about it. I think it's really forcing them each to address their lives. Sure. Take, take, take a 30,000 foot view of it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting. Like, the show has definitely got like class warfare type of stuff going on. Yeah, like the haves and have nots. Yeah, yeah. Because Danny, Stephen Young's character, is, but he's poor. He lives in some shitty apartment with his brother. Yeah. Who's trading Bitcoin all day and losing money. But, <laughs> and then Amy's very well to do. She's got her own shop where it's like this artisan plant yes. shop. And she's negotiating a deal with the, as we mentioned earlier, the, uh, Fake Home Depot. I forget what it's called. I don't even forget what it's called like Flanders too. Flanders or Lauders or I something. I don't know. It's like a, a big box retailer yeah. store for so your she's, home. She's working a deal with the owner of that to get her plants in the big box store and, you know, be set. Yep. And make a big ton of money. So do two different, definitely uh, different lives. Uh, the has and have nots. Yeah. And, um. So, you know, what's missing from the show, I like the show. I think what's missing, and I don't need it to be like kind of a, because I think you can get too much into the sitcom-y type of stuff if you have essentially every episode, one trying to get back at the other. Sure. It becomes like a, what's that yeah. old mad uh, magazine, spy versus spy thing? <laughs> then it becomes a little farcical maybe. Sure. But I think I'm missing a little bit of that. Now, that said, we've watched three episodes. Yeah. So, based on the trailer, it looks like there's going to be more tit for tat going on. I'm sure, absolutely. But I do like how they are uh, kind of addressing like these two people's lives converged, and it hasn't changed their lives, but it has affected their lives. Well, and like uh, there's some other parallels you can draw from this show too. Like, you know, Danny is working to get his family back together. Amy has a family but work is so important to her and so there's just kind of and you know she kind of i don't want to say she takes her family for granted but she kind of doesn't prioritize them you know interesting that's an interesting point because it's almost like he's trying to make money to get his family together she is making money but it could be pulling her family apart yeah yeah. He doesn't really have a family. She does. Yeah. You yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think it's a good show. Yeah. Um, it's interesting and I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah. Um, it's a Netflix show, so who knows? It might be canceled tomorrow. It might be. Because you know we time sometimes we like unpopular things. You know? Well, I remember We're like just yeah. not mainstream, like everybody's watching it, everybody's talking about it. Like sometimes I'm I don't know. I think this is a good character one that I wouldn't be surprised if people. <laughs> no, it's it's got good character work. It's very well done. Yeah. The acting's great. There's definitely, it's good all around. The writing's great. Um, I'm, I'm digging it. Um, I yeah. don't, I'm just now looking to see where it is on the Netflix rankings. And I don't see it in the, no, that's movies. Anyway, 
It's. I remember when it first came out, it got a lot. It's number three on top TV shows in the U.S. All right. There's hope for us. So, we'll stick it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll finish the season at least. Yeah. Anything else on beef? No, I just, I like it. There's a, there's some intrigue and some, like you mentioned, good character stuff there. So good yeah. writing. So I like it. Thumbs up. And Stephen Young's a good actor. Yeah. Like, all, I think Dindu. all of that cast really is. Yeah. No, Even the are. aloof kind of, I don't want to say lazy brother, but <laughs> he doesn't want to work too hard. No. Um, even that is not too kind of cheesy over the top acting. You yeah. Know? But Stephen Young, like Walking Dead didn't really do him justice. Right. I think he's really flexing some acting muscles here. Absolutely. But go check out Beef because the more people watch it, the less likely Netflix will cancel it. <laughs> Moving on to one of our favorites, Barry. Yeah. Back for season four. Yeah. Um, where we left season three was Barry was going into, uh, um, oh, uh, Kusuno's now dead girlfriend's father's house. Well, that got complicated to say. Yeah, Barry <laughs> goes in there. It's He's going in there to keep Kusuno from getting in trouble with the guy, the father. And lo and behold, the SWAT team's waiting for him. He's arrested, end of season. And now here he is in prison. And everybody's kind of in the wind. Hank and Crystal Ball have this thing going where they're going to import some really quality sand because getting houses built where they're at needs good sand not just the shitty desert sand yeah but barry so, you know walking that line between kind of drama and quirky comedy comedic yeah. moments and doing a good job as usual i think you think I oh think, i'm getting i'm getting from you that you're not digging it i feel like it's just kind of i don't know something's lessened for me in okay. it i don't know to me it's kind of like that old, like, how how complicated can this story get? Like, where are you going to take it? And it's almost kind of like, okay, you should have maybe stopped it at here, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it just isn't quite the same for me because the story, like you just kind of explained, like, he went to his acting coach's girlfriend's father's house, you know, yeah. like... And then, you know, there's the whole kind of double crossing each other and who's who's with who. And I don't know. It's just getting a little watered down. Not too complex. It's just losing some of its, I don't know, luster for me, I guess. Okay. So. Yeah, I don't feel that way at all. I, I was kind of curious how they would continue this Barry stuff while he's in prison. Mm -hmm. But I think it's playing out really well. You have lots of great characters. and. The interesting thing about Barry is like he wants to be loved. He wants family. And he thinks he's nice and a good person, but he's not trying. Mm. He doesn't do, to quote some site I saw, he doesn't want to put the work in. Mm. Like he just, it's almost awkward how he kind of says, I love you to Gene Cousineau. It's kind of creepy to it's me. Like, <laughs> I get it. You maybe don't have a father figure, but. I don't know. Maybe he just either he's messed up from his years of killing people and then, you know, serving in the war before that, or he had a bad childhood. I don't know, but I, I think it's doing a great job, you know, doing some comedic moments, but some drama. It's like the comedy serves the dramedy for the most part. I think kind of to your point, like Fuchs's handler is kind of like that abusive father. And he's like, what? I did everything for you. And it's like, but 
you made me kill people and you know made me feel like i like i didn't do a good job and and then like he found this kind of other father figure in kusuno and he wants the real deal but because he's flawed and he's a killer that's probably not going to be possible for him because other people are like whoa this guy's a maniac you know and that's the other thing we, we find out a little more backstory about Barry. Apparently, Fuchs has been with Barry since he was a little boy. Yeah. Um, I think when the show started, what, three, four years ago, we just assumed Fuchs was some guy who kind of, you know, finds jobs, hit jobs. And yeah. Barry's one of the guys he employs. But, yeah. you know, we have a flashback to when uh, Fuchs, you know, says hi to a then, we'll say, eight, 10 year old Barry. Mm hmm. So there's a history there, and it's interesting, the Fuchs character, like, he starts the season off wanting to get Barry thrown, you know, put to jail forever so that he can get out, and he agrees to the FBI's deal to wear a wire, and he goes out in the prison yard, and he's just so awkward about wearing the wire to try and snag Barry. Barry? Can I put you in here? Ah! You know, uh, I was trying to remember something. When, when you off that that guy, you well, you didn't. I don't know what you did in, in Rochester. That businessman. What what did you do to him exactly? What? You were right about Mr. Cousineau. I never should have trusted him. It's just so funny. Fuchs is just so like. Uh-huh. You know, in the movies, they usually when they're wearing the wire, they're like. <laughs> They get, they're subtle about getting them to divulge information, but he's just like, hi, Barry, tell me about that time you killed a guy in October of <laughs> Well, I didn't really know what you did, so yeah. I'm innocent here. Yeah. But then Fuchs kind of goes, he, he decides, there's a scene in the, in the prison bathroom where, you know, he, Barry pisses off the guard, and the guard beats the shit out of him, uh-huh. and Fuchs comes in, and he rips the wire off his body and comforts Barry. Yeah. He feels this fatherly paternal thing for Barry. Yeah. But then in like the next episode, Fuchs wants to, Barry goes and switches and he's going to do a deal with the FBI. And so Fuchs gets mad at that. And yeah, it's interesting how that relationship moves, changes, comes forward. It's just back and forth toxicity there going on. I think, you know, absolutely. They're both conflicted with how they feel about each other. And then, betray each other it's like cat and mouse kind of you know but that that scene in the episode we watched last night it was episode three where he's being uh uh he's debriefing the the feds and he notices fred armison playing a guy in the background who's like sweaty and nervous (laughs) and then all of a sudden he's like that guy's trying to kill me that guy's here here to to kill me he's here to kill me yeah and then this whole like kind of funny you know, almost horrible scene plays out where everybody gets killed except Barry. And this, the, the episode ends with Barry kind of in the wind. Sure. That was, I thought that was a great scene. Like, I love that scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has its moments. I think overall, though, it's lost a little shine for me. It was, okay. you know, the first three, are we, this is season four? Four, yeah. Yeah, the first three were good and engaging and funny and those good character things i don't know it's just kind of maybe an off start for me we'll see where it goes though i'll still watch it and you know it is what it is but 
I find myself interested in all the characters. Like even when they go to Sally. Even Sally? Oh, I was going to say, I'm just not interested in her story. You don't story. think that's great how she's teaching the acting class and she's kind of doing what Kusuno did where she like is a big flaming asshole to no, the students? No, because how did that work out for her? Exactly. No, but that's <laughs> I interesting. Mean, that's not really who you want to learn from, is it? Like, I don't know. Well, it worked for uh, Kristen, the one student who was left after everybody left <clears throat> thinking that she's a monster. I guess. I don't know. I know. I like the Sally, where Sally's going. Um, you know, the scenes with her parents when she goes back to visit is just touches a nerve for me. And I think there's a lot of like, even the Kusuno stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's got that quirkiness to it that I love. Yeah. And I just, I still like Barry. Yeah. It's still a great show for me. All right. But, uh, not for Jody. She hates it. No, that's no, not I it. I just, I, it just doesn't have its same sparkle. That's all. I don't hate it. I'll still watch it. It just is different for me this season. It's the so. last season. Yeah. Well, maybe. Moving on to a movie, our final B. Um, it's on HBO Max. The Banshees of Inishirin, uh, Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson. It's 1923. They're on an island in Ireland, Inishirin. And the the gist of the story on paper should be like boring. <laughs> Essentially, these two old pub buds, you know, they go meet up for a beer every day at two o'clock at the local pub, whatever. Um, one of them says, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Yeah. I don't like you anymore. You're boring. Yeah. I don't want to. Don't talk to me. And on paper, you're like, okay, that may be an episode of some show or sure. a short story, but this is a two hour movie. But Banshees of Inishirin is, I think, a really good movie. Huh. Like, I find it very, I found it fascinating and engaging the whole time. It was a little different. I mean, it was engaging, I think, mostly because I was, like, trying to figure out what, what, why, what's going on here, you yeah. know? But, I don't know, it was quirky. It was a little, little different, but it was okay. It was, um, it's from the guy who did, um, in Bruges and in Bruges, I think it's in Bruges and also three billboards outside something, uh, yeah. Missouri, which was, mm. but the Banshees of Inishirin, um, it's a great kind of exploration of, you know, relationships and friendships and family to a certain extent. And human behavior. Human behavior. Maybe even mental health. Yeah. A little bit of that. Um, because the guy who doesn't want to be friends, Colum, uh, like he has, there's no real solid reason. Right. Why he doesn't want to be friends well, with I, Podrick. I spent most of the movie trying to figure out what that reason really was. Right. You know, like, okay, what's behind this? There's got to be something else here going on. But yeah. And I was waiting for some big reveal where Colum <laughs> says, look. Yeah. I want to separate myself from people I love because I'm dying of cancer or right? I can't deal with the pain of. Or his friend was maybe a little uh, stunted in his growth and maybe he wanted to see him kind of spread his wings and fly in the world. You yeah. know, that's kind of, I don't know. I was kind of getting that feeling too. Like uh, he just doesn't want him to spend his time with an old dude in a pub, you know, I don't know. Well, yeah. Colum is this fiddle fiddle player who. The only real reason we can think of why he doesn't want to be friends with Padraig, Colin Farrell's character, is that he wants to write music 
focus on writing music and not be burdened or slowed down by somebody who's essentially boring. Mm-hmm. And so he's cutting out because when he goes to the pub column, you know, it's always to meet up with some other fiddle musicians to play music and he's writing this song. That's really the only vehicle as to why reason as to why he's cutting out this guy who's essentially one of his good friends. And to me, I'm like, that's not a good enough reason. There's got to be something else to this. Like, you can't do both. And you, you're waiting for that to yeah, come. And it yeah. never really does. No. <laughs> which is. Spoiler. Which is, which is fine because then, all, you know, and then at one point he says, if you come again, I'm going to cut off a finger. Yeah. And every time you come after that, I'm going to cut off another finger. Yeah. So what does he do when Padraig talks to him again? He cuts off a fucking finger. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. Yeah. In and, this movie. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and uh, okay. The, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not. It probably is, but it gets worse from there. Right. I mean, and this is the interesting thing is like he essentially cut out this guy from his life theoretically because he wants to make music. Mm-hmm. And he says as much like music, poetry, it all lives forever. Mm-hmm. Niceness doesn't. And I have a scene here where he kind of explains that and Padraig takes exception to that. But it's like it goes to the mental health stuff because like if you wanted to exercise somebody from your life because they are a distraction from you focusing on your music, why would you cut off your tools? Right. Because your left hand fingers are uber important for the fiddle. Just seems pretty out there. That, to, yeah. that reaction doesn't like it's it's like times a thousand for someone just speaking to you. Like what? You can't you can't just be kind of like acquaintances. Like maybe you don't hang out as much because you want to make time for your music. But maybe you're still like cool at the pub together. You know, Yeah. I don't know. Like you don't cut off a finger for crying out loud. And look, maybe there's something <clears throat> missing in the Irish culture that we're not aware what? of when it comes. Well, when it comes, not the finger thing, but when it comes to like ending relationships. Cutoffs. <laughs> cutting off the relationship yeah maybe there's something like you just flat out tell them i didn't want to be friends with you anymore i don't know you're fucking barring <laughs> but uh the scene in the pub where uh, padre colin farrell's character confronts Colum about you know he kind of loses cool and says look i may be boring but i'm nice and colin's like well niceness doesn't stick i don't give a feck about mozart or Borvalvin, or any of them funny damn feckers. I'm Padraig Sullivan, and I'm nice. So you'd rather be friends with this fellow, would you? Fellow who beats his own son black and blue every night that he's not fiddling with him. I never told him that, that he's, he's just drunk now. You used to be nice. Or did you never used to be? Oh, God. Maybe you never used to be. He walks out. His sister jumps in. I'll have a word with him, Colm. You don't need to do anything drastic. He won't be bothering you no more. That's a shame. It's the most interesting he's ever been. I think I like him again now. <laughs> it was the 18th century anyway. Mozart. Not the 17th. I love that little parting shot she had because mm-hmm. he said earlier, like some of these 17th century Mozart, you know, but uh, 
Yeah, it's it's fascinating ride, and it it moves it moves good. Great performances. Yeah, a lot of fecking going on in there. Yeah, that's great. And it's a movie that doesn't have hardly any action. There's really no action. There's a couple punches. Sure. And that's about it. Yeah, but there's a couple like oh my goodness moments. Yeah. You know, like oh that well that just happened. <laughs> I and, don't know. And couple. there's a, and, and there's a couple funny moments too. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, um, and a couple sad moments. Sure. You know. Um, yeah. But, it's an interesting tale. I'll, I'll say that. For sure. Yeah. And let me play Jody's favorite moment. This isn't about any Sharon. It's about one boring man leaving another man alone. That's all. One boring man. You're all fucking boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing. You're all fucking boring. She's right, <laughs> She is. Like, they're spending all their time arguing over pints in a pub. You're peddling little grievances. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, you know, he could just put up with Padraig. Right. And just be like, kind of subtly, like, Padraig, yeah. I need to go over here and play fiddle. Right. Um, they're like, I can't go with you right now, or I'll see you later at the pub at four, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. And she's just, like, fed up with it. She's just like, it's been this way for, like, life. <laughs> yeah. All I know is after watching Banshees of Inishir, and I want a donkey now. I want to move to an island off of Ireland. I know that one scene where Cullum is like sitting on a chair on the beach. He has like his own beach cove mm-hmm. and his nice little uh, stone house yep. with the thatch roof. Yep. He's just sitting there on the beach. I'm like, nice. With his dog. Yeah. There were several scenes. I will say cinematically, the kind of the transition shots of like still landscapes around wherever this was filmed. Um, they did really good with composition and coloring and getting that lighting just right. And so you got to see, it wasn't just kind of that dreary, foggy, you know, ocean air, um, you know, European coast kind of shot. They were very, very different colors and good good composition and stuff like that and i don't know if they did that on purpose or if it just that's what it looks like wherever they filmed it but it was pretty awesome for me the only thing i didn't like about banshees is the music same i'm not sure if this is like some traditional irish music but i don't know it just, it just didn't fit for me. Yeah. I mean, the incidental music, like scene transitions were fine sure. and all that, but the main intro music and the outro music just, eh. uh, I know we both agree on that. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, I, I, I love Banshees of Inishir. And, yeah. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. I would check it out. Yeah. It's interesting. Anything else, darling? No, I gotta go take care of a sick child. Yeah, we got a little stomach thing going on. Great. And I'm still not over. Yes. Illness. <laughs> At this rate, we'll be back in late June. Right? Like, I can't promise you we'll be here next week. Sorry, folks. We'll try, for we'll sure. Try. And if you do, please tune in. And if you do listen, give us a good review. I read a couple of reviews. They were very, oh, very nice. And I meant to dig those up so I can thank whoever wrote them. But uh, some nice things. Give us a review on your podcast provider whether that's Apple Podcasts or the Google Play or uh, uh, Audible or whatever. Share, tell your friends. Absolutely. And uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs> next week. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Until then, uh, for the Married with Channels podcast, I'm Moose. And I'm Jody. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.